Welcome to the Fresh Start Church Podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. Here you'll find preached messages from our pastors. We pray that the spirit of revival is imparted to you as you listen. To watch live, check us out on YouTube or visit our website at freshstartaz.com. And to stay connected with us, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Today, I'm going to add just another layer. And once again, I don't intentionally be long, but I do believe there's some things because of the assignment that it lays before us, lie before us, of the seventh year of this revival. And I'm not going to repeat everything. If you were here last week, you're behind, or not here last week, you were behind a little bit. So go watch online uh, last week's message, the Macedonian call to intercession. Um, so I'm not going to repeat everything. There'll be some things that I cover just uh, to connect the dots here in the beginning of the message for the next few moments. And I will go as quickly as possible. But there is an assignment in this seventh year. I feel it in my spirit. We've been praying into it. We've been discussing it. Unlike any that we've had yet in six years of full years of sustained revival. I'm thankful. I'm excited. And I'm thankful that we get to do this together. Come on, Fresh Start family. And last week we answered the Macedonian call to intercession. And today I have what I am going to to release to you called God of Bethel, God of Bethel, God of Bethel. And I say, Lord, may we be able to say in the territories of this nation that surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Not only that there is a church in this place or this territory, But may we be able to say, surely the presence of the Lord is in this city. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this neighborhood. Because when the presence of the Lord comes in, everything changes. When the glory of God moves in, demons have to move out. Come on. So the Macedonian call God of Bethel. I want to start this morning in Genesis chapter 28, verse 16. And it says, Jacob awoke from his sleep and he said, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. This is the gate, the door to heaven. And he named it Bethel. Genesis chapter 35, verse 7. And he built an altar there. He built an altar there and called the place El Bethel, God of Bethel, because there God had appeared to him. Lord, bless your word today. Father, will you use our voices at the gateways of cities and territories and regions? to boldly proclaim as the lion of the tribe of Judah, as voices of revival, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Everybody that agrees, say amen. Amen. Thank you guys, you can go down. Bethel was a location that was a gateway in the Old Testament. Everybody say it was a gateway. It was a gateway, Bethel was a gateway where one side was heaven, and the other side was earth. Come on, somebody. But at Bethel, they both met. Heaven met earth, and earth met heaven. Bethel became a place 
where God dwelt. I will get back to this later on in the message as soon as I connect some dots from last week. But Bethel was a place of agreement with God. How many know that we have to agree with God? Come on. Before his presence can manifest in our life, this is why I've been having us say, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. Because the moment that we open our mouth and pronounce that Jesus is Lord, come on, that Holy Spirit is the ruling spirit. That means that every contrary spirit, everything, every witchcraft, come on, it has to move out of the way because there is a blood-bought voice that is announcing at the gate that Jesus is Lord and that we agree with the Word of God and the power of God and the truth of God. Come on, you got a prodigal living in your home? Walk up in their bedroom when they're not there. Stand in the doorway and decree Jesus is Lord. God, oh, the Holy Spirit is the ruling spirit. You, you listen to me now. Use your blood-bought voice in the bedroom of that prodigal and begin to announce that Jesus is Lord and that the Holy Spirit is the ruling spirit. And I want you to begin to watch the demons squirm and the powers of darkness begin to squirm because a blood-bought voice has walked to the gateway and says, no more. This is God's house. Come on. Do you believe it this morning? Bethel was a place of agreement with God so God can manifest in that place called Bethel, God of Bethel. He was God of that place. That is our prayer. That is my prayer. Lord, be Lord. Be God. Be God of Fresh Start Church. Come on. Be God and Lord of this revival. Be Lord. Be the God of Peoria. Come on. Be the God of Arizona. Come on. Be the God of the United States of America. Do I have anybody that was say my blood-bought voice I understand has the power to release revival over regions come on America needs the presence of God yes they need churches but those churches must have the manifest presence of God amen let me take you back to Acts chapter 16 to the Macedonian call that night, Paul had a vision in which a Macedonian man was pleading with him, come over to Macedonia, come and help us. This vision convinced us that all that God was calling us to bring, convinced us that God was calling us to bring the good news to that region. Everybody say, to that region. As I explained last week, Paul's obedience to the Macedonian call resulted in an entire continent opening to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our challenge last week as we approach our seventh year of sustained revival is to consistently answer the Macedonian call to intercession. Come on, church. Breaking into regions with intercessory prayer to get to the gate with the spiritual 
the entry point with the spiritual authority that is by the blood of Jesus Christ in order to secure that territory for Jesus Christ. Come on. It's time for the church to rise up and just stop our frivolous activity. Stop our non-essential activity. Come on and plow and pave the way with anointed intercessory prayer into territories and into regions in order to secure the territory for Jesus Christ. The devil will let us have our potlucks. The devil will let us, come on somebody, do our activities all day long. He'll even let us witness and do all of these things that we love to do and I'm not demeaning that but if as long as we leave the territory under his dominion and under his authority because my friends that is what he is after but what let me tell you what he fears most are you hearing me let me tell you what he fears most he fears a church that not only knows how to share the gospel but knows how to displace every barrier that that is keeping the gospel from penetrating every hard place, every dark place. I say that there is coming a revival to this nation that will usher in an awakening and it's going to become prefaced by the intercessors that open up the gates and the gateways to regions so that when the gospel is released, it won't be just church people that are attending the meetings. It will be people in the bars and people in the clubs and people that are asleep, that are drunk and high on drugs, that all of a sudden, because an intercessor got a hold of the horns of the altar, they wake up out of a dead, drunken sleep, and they say, I've got to find God. Show me where the church is. That's the kind of revival that's coming. It's not going to be by our man-made plans. You hear me? Breaking into regions with intercessory prayer to get to the gate. Using our spiritual authority because territorial intercession. You hear me now? It dislodges and dismantles the demonic at work in that region. It opens the heavens for the divine entrance of, of God Almighty into the hearts of people and it establishes the kingdom of God. And even if they don't know what they're talking about, they will have to say, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. They may not even know what to call it. Come on, fresh start. Come on, can you dream the dream with me? It's happened before. I say it's gonna happen again. And I say it's gonna happen and is happening in Peoria, Arizona. As a matter of fact, some of you sitting here today, you may have come just curious just curious about the sound that has been happening in this revival. I tell you, it's going to begin to be in year seven exponential. Why? Because intercession has taken the gate. Come on. Last week I told you quickly the story of the ex-satanic high priest who said he was empowered for, for, for all of his life. He's been saved for over 20 years now, but he said he was empowered by the devil to control regions. Everybody say regions. Come on. Look at your other neighbor, say it's about the territory, come on. 
He literally stated that once he locks down a region or a territory, that it belongs to Satan and that he can control the people in that region with demonic spirits of any kind. That he would go into neighborhoods and regions. He literally did this and locked down those neighborhoods and those cities and those regions from the four corners of that territory with a blood sacrifice, an animal sacrifice on the ground. And then he will astral project into the air and speak over it. Did you hear me? He would speak over it. He would speak over it for Satan and Satan's demonic kingdom and darkness. He would speak over it from the airways. And he said once he had it on the ground and once he had it in the air, that the territory was then his and belonged to Satan. And he could assign a principality of torment and a principality of darkness to that neighborhood or that region or that territory. But he said the only thing that could undo or stop him from doing that, what I just described to you, was a blood-bought believer or a blood-bought church that released the blood of Jesus in intercession. Don't you tell me to stop praying. Don't you tell me to stop crying out because this is the very element that God has given us to take down the kingdom of darkness. It's not our strategies. It's not our life goals. It's about releasing the cross and letting the cross demolish and dismantle the principalities and powers of darkness. And they are real, my friend. They are real. This is why you see torment across our nation today. And you see pockets of violence and pockets of addiction and pockets of perversion. It's not just happening by accident. It's because somebody has got the gate besides the church. And I say not anymore in the name of Jesus. The battle for territory is very real. The devil knows that if he can get, if he can get anyone in this earth to come into agreement with him, he's got that territory. Not just their life, but that territory. The man with the, with the, uh, yeah, give me that. I might need it later. If you only knew how preachers do their notes at 5 a.m. in the morning. Come on, huh, babe? He did, the, the, the man with the legion, the legion got cast out of him. There was a reason why those demons were crying out, send us into the pigs. You hear me? It wasn't that they hated pigs, probably did. It wasn't that they hated pigs. They needed something so they could stay in the territory. They needed something so they could stay in the territory. They needed something that they could attach themselves to so they could stay in the territory. But come on, how many know the pigs drowned them? Come on, somebody. There's a reason. You may not be aware. I am, and I'm going to tell you. There's a Muslim strategy of conquest. It's real. Google it. There is a Muslim strategy of conquest. It is a real thing. And their goal is to take land by establishing mosques and community centers, etc. It is an aggressive, organized strategy to expand Islam in the Western world. Europe has pretty much already been well taken by Islam. And we know that they are trying in the United States of America. 
the Macedonian call to intercession. Because the Muslims and the Mormons, hear me, understand the power of taking territory. Because any part of the supernatural, whether it be divine or demonic, needs an entity in the earth to come into agreement with that in order for it to be established. This is why I say we must come into agreement with God. We must come into agreement with his word. The moment that we do that, and like Jacob and like Abram that I'll read to you in a few minutes, they built an altar at Bethel and Bethel was a gateway and this was where heaven touched earth. Why? Because he found someone that would come into agreement, come on, with him and with his word and with his presence so heaven was open there. Stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. Oh, Jesus. So the Muslims have this strategy that I just named to you, and they establish mosques, and they establish community centers, cultural centers. And so we live in North Peoria, and for quite some time now, and I did not notice it, we've been there four years, the end of this month, and glory to God. That's a, our staff knows that's a celebration, that we have stayed in one house for four years, amen. <clears throat> And one day, one day, I looked over and there was this empty shell of a building. And I'm like, what in the world? And I looked at the front of it and I'm like, this is just odd looking. It's not a house. It was, it was, it was not like facing the other way that the houses were facing, like north, south, east, west. It was catty-cornered. It's catty-cornered. It's still there. Drive by it every day, many times a day, coming back and forth here. And one day I was like, I'm just going to drive around there and I'm going to look to see because it has an odd shape to the front of it. We drove around there, my husband and I, and it is an Islamic, Islamic community center that they are trying to build in North Peoria. And I said, the devil is a liar. This will not have the gateway to where I live. Now, so far, there's not, there's the shell of the building. You can tell from the front of the architecture of how they have made it that it is definitely Islamic. You can tell that's, that's what they're going after. But this is where they train children, you guys. Come on. This is, these types of centers are where they train children, where they indoctrinate. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And it is sitting in the territory that I have to drive by. And in the name, every time we drive by that, I say in the name, as a matter of fact, I messed up the wheels on my car. Come on, somebody. Because I was like, I got them fixed. I got them fixed. Come on. I mean, you know, you're praying when that happens, right? I say in the blood of Jesus and I decree in Jesus name that this place will never come into being, that it will never have its completion in Jesus name. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ. I pronounce Jesus as Lord. Jesus is Lord over North Peoria. Jesus is Lord. This gateway belongs to Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. The battle is for, is for the territory. Mormon churches, there's a reason why you see one on every two to three miles. 
Once they get five of their, quote, churches, they call them, get this, stakes. The definition or a definition of the word stake is to possess and to claim land. Truth. This is truth. Once they get five of them, they call them stakes. They have staked the land. Did you hear me this morning that the battle is for territory? The battle is for territory. The supernatural realm needs a natural element of agreement for access. This is true, as I said, of the demonic and of the divine. Just as God needs our agreement to release his presence, so the devil needs agreement, come on, to release his demonic presence. If you look in the word of God, Exodus, the exodus of the children of Israel, God demanded that they utterly destroy all the other people, that uh, other other nations that occupied the land, break down their altars, their sacred stones, their Asherah poles, and burn their idols. God demanded this of the children of Israel. Why? Because those objects served as an anchor point of agreement for the invisible forces of darkness. Are you hearing me this morning? These images were used by demonic forces to work out the manifestation of their dark torment and their dark designs to dwell among the people of God and usurp the place of God. The riot, go to the New Testament, in the uh, 19th chapter of the book of, 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 of Acts and it was in Ephesus, the riot. There was revival and then there was a riot. The riot in the city wasn't really over the money that was being made by the manufacturing of the statues of the false god Artemis. No, the riot was being uh, uh, spawned by demonic forces and principality itself about keeping the temple of Artemis intact in the city so that the demonic could have access to the territory. I told you last week about the girl at Philippi crying, crying out after the apostle Paul and he turned around and cast the devil out of her. It was the principality over that region. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There are battles that the enemy may agree to lose, but on the issue of territory, he strives with with violence not to give way and not to lose because he knows that when he loses territory he loses the ability to manifest in that territory the devil has been given we're told in the Bible a measure of power to influence through his deception but the devil knows that his time is short and his demonic ranks will work non-stop when the church takes a break the devil doesn't take a break when we want a sabbatical and to step down for a moment from ministry, the devil never steps down and his ranks never take a sabbatical. When we stop praying, my friends, he keeps working. Access to a territory is all the devil needs to inflict sin and pain and torment into the lives of people. An undefended territory is like handing Satan the keys to the gates to that city or to that region. Hear me now. When an evil spirit gains access to that region, they release lies over the people of that land. Spiritual atmospheres, tones, or moods, or presiding environments over regions can be felt and observed by the 
obvious strongholds within that land. For some areas, it is extreme poverty. For some, it is violence. For others, it is perversion or pride. Whatever the outward manifestation, somehow, somehow, something came into agreement with the lies of the demonic to establish the stronghold in that territory. This, my friends, is why we must answer the Macedonian call to intercession and why territorial intercession is the key to revival. Are you hearing me? Territorial intercession is the key to true revival. You do your homework and go read the revivals of old. Prayer and the word and the witnessing was intermingled together. If you take intercession out, my friends, you have just cut yourself off to the very source of the supernatural that you need to operate and to have revival. Come on, somebody. We place truth in intercession over that territory, breaking agreement with the lies of darkness and releasing the light of the glory to break in and break off the strongholds. We take the gate and the Holy Spirit said just to stop and say this to some of you, especially that came down to the altar, but even if you didn't, you need to take the gate of your home. You need to take the gate of your heart. You need, come on, you need to begin to speak truth. You need to shut the door and break agreement with every Every lie and every manipulation of the enemy. You can come down to the altar, but if you go out of those doors and you go back in agreement with the devil, my friend, he still has access to your life. Today is the day to take the gate of your own home and your own life. Somebody shout yes. The gatekeeper just dictates who, who gets the access. Come on. And intercession is our place of legislation against his schemes because if you don't unlock the land, every other effort will fall short. I'm going to say that again because that was really good. If you don't unlock the land, every other effort is going to fall short. He'll let you do your event all year long as long as you don't unlock the land. Hmm. <laughs> We must co-labor with heaven, one man has said. We are the army of the earth. The host of heaven interacts with us to bring his victory into the earthly realm. When I wrote Doorkeepers of Revival, it was my heart and my passion to inspire and to raise up others, inspire others who would keep the gate, the door into their region for revival because God needs someone who will stand at the gate and the door of that territory and say, this is the God of Bethel, the God of, name your territory, the God of Arizona. I'm telling you, some things are breaking loose right now in Arizona, y'all. Oh! I said they're breaking loose in Arizona. I said things are being exposed in Arizona because the church has been praying. Come on! We stand at our territories and we say three words that the devil and the demonic ranks hate and that is Jesus is Lord. Come on. 
This territory is none other than the house of God and surely God's presence is in this place. I'm going to build him an altar and I'm going to worship here. I'm going to stand in Arizona. I'm going to stand. You name your territory. I'm going to stand here and build an altar of worship and a place of agreement with God because the enemy has erected many high places, places of worship, his worship throughout the nations and this nation. And these are the result of a worship war going on in each territory of the earth. And one man has said that worship occurs around the one whose throne has been established. Are you hearing me, Fresh Start? This is why we answer the Macedonian call to intercession. It's fun to talk about revival. It's exciting to talk about revival. It's awesome to attend revival. When I have my favorite preacher, I get excited to come to revival. But don't ask me to intercede. Don't ask me to stand in the gap on behalf of the land. My friend, the devil will laugh at us all day long with our plans and our strategies. But if he keeps the gate, nothing we do will make a difference. Intercession is the fulcrum. Come on. To turn it towards righteousness. A fulcrum is a pivot point. The place on which something turns. Everything rests on intercession. Can you tell your neighbor that? Everything rests on intercession. Come on. Tell them everything. Without it, you're merely doing works and human efforts. Just accomplishing your plans. And when you stop praying, you lose that divine connection. The very element that you need to take territory. Somebody shout yes, yes, yes. Ezekiel chapter 22, we have this on the wall in our prayer center. It says, I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me. What? For the land so that I would not destroy it. But I found no one. I say here in Phoenix, Arizona, in Peoria at Fresh Start Church, you have found one, two, three, four. Come on, somebody. Hundreds and hundreds of people that say we answer the call to stand in the gap on behalf of the land. Just stop and think about it. Peoria people are so Phoenix people, wherever city you live in, if you stand at the end of your driveway and you look north and you look south and you look east and you look west and you decree out of your blood-bought mouth, Jesus is Lord over this street. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Revival and riot is going to happen. Come on. I'm ready. I'm ready for the revival. But I'm ready for the riot. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm ready. I'm ready. I mean that. I don't mean that arrogantly. I don't mean that presumptuously or anything at all. I'm ready because when we see the riot is when we know that we have ruffled the principality. Tired of all the, oh, I ain't going to go there. Come on, somebody. So we answer the Macedonian call to intercession. We're standing in the gap for the land. We're pulling the answer to the issue. We're pulling heaven towards earth. And the byproduct is open gates to many regions and territories. In the ancient world, gates were known in the natural as main entrances. Are you with me? Stay with me. Main entrances to territories. These gates were heavily defended. And it is where trade took place. It is where public meetings took place. It is where civil governments were established. In 
the same way spiritually, gates serve as an entrance for the spirit realm. Come on, for the spirit realm, be it good or be it evil, be it righteous or be it unrighteous. And it serves as a gate. Gates serve as an entry point for the demonic or the divine into territories. It is a real thing. Therefore, spiritually, you cannot enter into enlargement of harvest and influence unless you first clear the way and take the gate. You got to take it in intercession. Isaiah 62 10. Come through the gate, clear the way for the people, prepare the road, move the stones off, raise a flag as a sign for the nation. So we can understand, even when I shared with you last week, that these verses in Proverbs, I'll read them in a minute, become even clearer to us in the assignment of territorial intercession. Proverbs 12, 21, 22. A warrior filled with wisdom ascends into the high place and releases regional breakthrough, bringing down the strongholds of the mighty. I have told this dream before. It's been quite a while since I, I think I have. And so you probably don't remember it. Some of you haven't heard it. But there was a dream that I had here not uh, too long ago, uh, a year or so ago. And in this dream, there was an extremely large bird that was an eagle. But the eagle had the face of an owl, but the talons were that and the rest of the body was that of an eagle. And when I say it was very large, it was as big or bigger than this building that we're in right now in my dream. And what this one eagle was very large and, and, and behind this eagle was a large army as far as the eye could see of the same types of birds, the same types, eagle with an owl face. And they were flying in formation. And the larger eagle was leading this army and they were flying in this, in this very, very uh, uh, distinct and intentional uh, formation and they were ascending. Come on, somebody. I said they were ascending to the top of, in the dream, the top of a high rise. As a matter of fact, and I'm just going to say this, and I don't know if it is the one in New York City, but when I preached in New, in New Jersey and we went over to, to New York City uh, for a, a, a few hours that day, I, we, were, we were leaving the city that day in, in ridiculous traffic. Come on, somebody. And so trying to get back to that tunnel thing, and we're sitting there, and I look, and I'm in the back of the pastor's car, and myself and Pastor Rosalind, I look, and I said, that's the building that I saw in my dream. Come on, somebody. Now, whether this just applies to New York, but I believe it represents, I believe, I know, I don't believe, I know that that building represents territory. Come on. That building represents a gate. That building and this, this eagle-like creature with the owl face flew and the formation of the others flew all the way to the top of this high rise and, and with a very tall spindle on the top of it. And that large eagle that was as big or bigger than this building began pulverizing a what looked to be a small animal on the very top of that spindle. You listen to what I'm about to say. Because an eagle represents governmental authority. Come on. An eagle represents governmental intercessors and the governmental in the prophetic. I believe because it had the face of an owl, it was representative of the prophetic that can see through the darkness. That prophetically can see through the darkness. I am appalled at the number of Christians that can look at something and it's blatantly spiritual darkness, but they cannot see it or they cannot see through it. It's time for the body of 
Christ to ascend to the high place. And oh, come on. And that animal that it was pulverizing was the principality of that territory. And as I looked at that animal, the animal was probably something that I could hold in my hands or fit on the top of this podium here. And compared to the eagle, it was like the size of this podium to the size of this building or more. And that little animal-like thing, this eagle with the owl face was pulverizing, pulverizing, pulverizing at the top of the building. And I want you to get a perspective today that that, my friend, is what the church is going to be in the end time. Come on. We've got to get a perspective of what God has mantled us to do. It's time to answer the Macedonian call to intercession. If you don't pulverize the principality, all you're doing is doing stuff to make yourself look good. Yes? Proverbs 8. I read it last week, but I want to read it again. Can't you hear the voice of wisdom? Because this connects with the main point, and I'm hurrying. From the, can you hear the voice of wisdom? Capital W. From the top of the mountains of influence, she speaks. Jesus is wisdom. Come on. Holy Spirit is wisdom. She speaks into the gateways. Are you getting that? Of the glorious city. It's territories. At the place, watch this now, because this is a point. I didn't, I didn't work this out last week. Where the past merge. Mm. Wisdom speaks at the place where the paths merge. Hang on to that. At the entrance of every portal, there she stands ready to impart understanding, shouting aloud to all who enter, preaching her sermon to those who will listen. This ex-Satanic high priest that I've been quoting and telling his testimony about said that demons operate on the crossroads because he says crossroads can typically be gateways. Don't forget that because it's going to be at the end of the message. Watch this now. He, the ex-Satanic high priest, he said they would specifically send their forces to crossroads because typically these could be gateways. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Proverbs says that the voice of wisdom, and last week I talked a lot about the voice. The voice of wisdom comes from the mountaintops of influence and speaks into the gateways at the place where the paths merge. Literal geographic regions, literal geographic territory and places in cities and maybe even in rural areas are strategically targeted, come on, by the enemy. That's why when I drove by that, I'm like, I'm gonna go see what that place is. In the name of Jesus, it just looks weird. And I drove up, it was really hard to get to the back of it and there's one little sign that says it's this Islamic blah 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 center and I don't know if it's a crossroad technically or not but I'm just going to pray like it is come on in the name of Jesus and shut it down because the devil come on the devil is busy about all this stuff while the church is trying to build our followers and we're trying to build our Facebook and we're trying to build our mailing list and we're trying to, 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 to rub elbows with this popular person and that popular person and get up in this conference and get in that conference. I say in the name of Jesus, let the true church arise in this nation. Because regions are waiting for sons and daughters of a God to rise in intercession so the king of glory can come in the gate. Romans 8, 19, I'm hurrying. Creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons and the daughters of God. Come on, come on. 
Please slap your neighbor. Say, it's time. It's time. It's time. It's time to open those gates. It's time to answer the Macedonian call. It's time to pronounce over territories that God is Lord over this territory. The God of Bethel. The God of Bethel. The God of Bethel. We come into agreement with God. We come into agreement and we break every agreement with the demonic in Jesus' name. Why? So the King of Glory can enter. Can you envision a Phoenix, Arizona? Come on, and I know there's been revivals in this city in the past uh, decades and stuff like that, but I'm telling you, can you envision a Phoenix, Arizona? Come on, where we got people, I mean, literally, churches cannot hold them, come on. Can you envision, come on, that you're walking in the grocery store and the glory of God is all around you? Why? Because the divine needs a contact point. Hey, come on, revivalists. Come on, revivalists. Come on, uh, uh, invade. Man, they got so doused in the glory. Can I just say, as you walk down your street in your schools, up against your friends, that the glory of God gets on them like it got on you, and they have to start asking what is happening what is happening that's what I see that's what I see that's what I see I see an overtaking of the glory of God but he needs somebody that'll take the gate so the king of glory can come in Psalm 24 lift up your head O gate say it with me and be lifted up O ancient doors that the king of glory may come in who is the king of glory the Lord strong and mighty the Lord mighty in battle lift up your heads O gates and lift them up O ancient doors that the king of glory may come in somebody release a praise and agreement with almighty God yes hang on after last week's message I told this on Wednesday night, put it on my social media, but I'm going to tell it again just to make religion mad. Come on, somebody. I asked the Lord after I preached last week, the, the part one, the Macedonian call to intercession. I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, <clears throat> give, give us a visible confirmation that we're taking gates. I said, Lord, just give us a visible confirmation. That next day, I received a text with some information in it. And part of the, I didn't know this. Look, I don't watch the news anymore. Come on. I don't know why I want to watch people that lie to me all the time. Come on. <clears throat> so I didn't know. But this text informed me that the fence had been taken. It said, oh, by the way, the fence has been taken down around the Capitol. <clears throat> and immediately, as I read that text, I said, that's the answer to the prayer that I just prayed yesterday. I asked the Lord for a visible confirmation that we were taking gates. In our June Pray America, we put boots on the ground in Washington, D.C. Callie stood and others stood, Tony, Jenny, and, and others stood on the properties there in, in Washington, D.C. <clears throat> and as we watched here from, from the church here in prayer with them in intercession during Pray America, when, when they had walked over to the Supreme Court building, and it's not very far of a distance if you've never been from the Supreme Court to the, to the, to the Capitol there. And so you can see very clearly the Capitol and the Supreme Court 
back and forth. But at that particular time, that crazy fence they put up was still around uh, the Capitol. Large, large uh, area encompassed there with the fence. Callie felt prompted by the Holy Spirit because we were praying over the Supreme Court, but she felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to go over and lay her hand on that fence and begin to prophesy over it. Among other things that she prayed and we prayed here, she prayed that the wall would come down like the walls of Jericho uh, came down around that city. Come on. Those, that gate, you know, in the natural, it represented whatever they said they got it up for. But in the spirit realm, we know what it represented. Come on. We know the agenda of the enemy. Are you with me? Come on. The walls around this nation. Even my husband prayed it a little earlier. And I got to thinking, I thought, well, if a fence is up, there has to be a gate to a fence. Come on. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. I got to thinking, if there's a fence up, there has to be a gate somewhere because you got to be able to get in somewhere. So I knew, I knew that I knew that the prayer that I prayed, that, that, that this message came the day after the Lord was telling us that showing us that our intercession is taking the gates. He's saying, look, Kim, I'm showing you that yes, even the fencing around the United States Capitol came down at just this moment so that you could see that your intercession not just mine, but the intercession of my people is taking gates in this city. So I got to tell you today, don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Say it with me. Don't stop praying because our prayers are shifting things in the spirit realm. And this is what I see with that face of an owl. It's too much. The church has had the face of a man or the face of this or that or the other. And we must understand that God is wanting to give us eyes to see through the deception and see through the darkness and see through the unassuming things that other people and other Christians are accepting. But there has to be somebody that stands up and say I don't think so this is not what it looks like and begin to pull it down in the name of Jesus my God since then I've had two more confirmations that I will not talk about I've had two more confirmations that had confirmed the Lord is speaking to us fresh start as we get ready for year seven, please punch your neighbors. They get ready for year seven. He's preparing us. And he's talking to us again about territories. Oh, tell somebody, scream it. You better get ready. And those of you who are just kind of barely in on, 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 on church here at Fresh Start, you just kind of come to check us out. You just kind of come to, you know, just kind of see what it's all about. For those of you, I'm telling you, you better get in. You better get in. You better get in. You better get in. I know it's cool. I know it's whatever. It's different from most churches and all this kind of stuff. Look, this, look, we are, we take this very, very serious, what God is doing here. Very serious. You better be glad we take it serious. Come on. The Lord has confirmed to get ready for year seven. He's speaking to us about territories because it is imperative that his church understand their role as the ecclesia in this hour because America is crying out for the governing body in intercession, come on, of the church to arise and release freedom, come on, to pulverize the principalities, come on. Territories are awaiting. There's a great harvest that awaits. There's been small measure of harvest. There's been gatherings and I'm not belittle, belittling, belittling that at all, but you hear what I'm saying? God is wanting us, we'll take God is wanting us to believe. God is wanting us to forget about our images and reflect his image. God is wanting us to forget about our plans. Oh, 
hell and just get raw. Get raw about what he needs done. Come on. And it starts in the place of raw intercession. Are you hearing me? It's time to ask for Peoria. It's time to ask for Arizona. It's time to ask. The Bible says, ask and I will give you the nations. I know that was a word to Jesus, the Messiah. But because he is our Lord and he lives on the inside of us, we are his hands extended. We are his feet and we are his voices. And it is time for us to ask for the nations. Ask for the territories. Ask for the cities. Ask. Ask. Ask that they bow under the weight of the glory of God. Somebody shout yes. I'm hurry, I'm almost done. Sort of, hallelujah. You may remember, and I've told the story, and I wrote about it in my book, the story of the Ugandan church. Their prayers lifted the heavy oppression off their nation. And you want me to stop praying? Come on, somebody. Their prayers lifted the heavy oppression from their nation, and it opened the gate for the kingdom activity. The disease of AIDS decreased and Muslims were coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. They were having dreams in the middle of the night. They would get up in the middle of the night, even with their pajamas on. Come on, somebody. And they were just trying to find a, 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 a Christian, a child of God, the church. They were coming wanting to know how to know about Jesus Christ. God was interrupting their sleep. Can we believe that that can happen in our day? And because this Ugandan church, as I've explained it to you, and he called it jungle praying, they would pray because they were desperate. They were desperate. It was life or death. And they would pray. Oh, come on, American church. We got to pray like it's life or death. And because of that, you hear me? Their church grew from a small number of people to 2,000. Almost overnight, within a matter of a week or two, it grew. And we're all worried about working our plan and planning our work just to get people in the building to fill them with nothing but hogwash. God says if you will get in intercession, oh, like a dying man, I will open up the gate and release the harvest. We got to stay our course, church. Come on. I'll say it again. We got to stay our course in intercession, church. The validation of the Lord is going to come. You hear me now. We got to stay our course in intercession. The validation of the Lord is going to come as we begin to see events shifting. Come on. This last time it was just a fence. Well, it was important, but it was a fence coming down around the Capitol. Okay. Next time it's going to be abortion being overturned. Come on. <clears throat> Homosexual agenda being overturned. I say next time, I say next time, I say next time, our educational system is going to be liberated. I say next time, I say next time, there's going to be a Holy Ghost from coast to coast. I say next time, that's going to be our, because the natural events are going to have to shift because somebody ascended to the high place and pulverized the principality. Shout if you know that's our assignment. Come on. I want to encourage everyone in this room, those of you watching online or will be, that you have been pressing and pushing an intercession over your city, your region, your territory, your street, your neighborhood, your family. I say this and you pay attention to what I'm saying. May the Cyrus anointing come upon you. 
to keep pressing until those weighty gates move and those weighty gates come open. What are you talking about, Pastor Kim? Isaiah chapter 45. This is what the Lord says to his anointed one, Cyrus, whose right hand, watch this now, I have grasped as my servant to conquer nations and dethrone their kings. For I will open doors before him. The Lord's speaking this. No fortified gate will remain closed. I will march out in front of you, the Lord says, and I will level every obstacle. I will shatter to pieces, bronze doors, and slice through the iron bars. Come on. I said a Cyrus anointing for the seventh year of intercession at Fresh Start Church Revival. I say a Cyrus anointing. God is looking to and fro in the earth and is wondering, can I find a Cyrus that will stand, that will lift up their hand so I can grab their hand and go and take them to conquer nations in the spirit, conquer territories in the spirit that I can go before my Cyrus and open doors and slice through iron bars. Come on intercessors, that's our assignment. It's a partnership. Nudge your neighbor, say it's a partnership. Come on. God used Cyrus to intercede in the nations of the earth. Cyrus was his appointed one to rule, to govern, to loose, to disarm, to walk through doors. A Cyrus anointing. He grabs our hand to conquer nations. Second Chronicles 7, 13 and 14. This scripture is overused and underperformed. You hear me now. Yet it shows the, the power of partnership and impact of prayer on territories and nations. It says, if I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send a plague among my people, and if, 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 if my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. My people, he's not talking about heathen, he's talking about his people. If we'll pray, if we'll pray, if we'll pray. There's many that are trying to fill in that blank with another word, but it says, if they pray, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land and forgive their sins. Somebody needs to shout in this room right now because with everything, within us we're going to pray I say to the principality the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and the world and those who dwell therein I say in first Chronicles 410 as Jake as Jabez did oh God would you bless me and enlarge my territory this uh, you know some people may think that's a selfish prayer it wasn't a selfish prayer we don't know a lot about Jabez surrounding him but in this prayer of blessing he included the enlargement of territory just maybe he had a revelation come on somebody just maybe he had a revelation a revelation that understood that if I can get more territory I can come into agreement I'm in this territory right now but if I get this territory then I can come into agreement and I can take it for God and if I get in this territory come on if God enlarges the tent pegs if God stretches out the borders then I can get into that territory lift up my voice lift up my hand with a Cyrus anointing and say come on Jesus, let's walk through the land and take it by force. Oh, shake your neighbor and say it's time to take it by force. Look at somebody in the eyeballs and scream, year seven is coming. Come on, tell them. That's not screaming. I've heard you scream. Come on, scream. Year, year seven is coming. Macedonian call to intercession the God of Bethel and I close with this in case you're excited my closings can be lengthy 
It's okay. I was watching Pastor John Kilpatrick. He did at least three closings. Like if the father of revival can do it, I can do it. Come on, somebody. Hear me now. Watch this. I'm closing this up. Revelation 7 refers to the four corners of the earth. I talked about that a bit last week. The Old Testament altar has four, refers to four horns of the altar. Hear what I'm about to say. Help me paint this picture with your spirit today. The terminology, take hold of the horns of the altar, comes from that passage in the Old Testament, that there were th four horns on the altar. And the terminology, it means to be aggressive in prayer. Now, there's a story behind it and why they did that in the Old Testament. But spiritualizing this in the parallel, it means to be desperate in prayer for breakthrough. Desperate for mercy. Come on. Do you hear me? Desperate for mercy. Desperate for breakthrough. Desperate for, for uh, the answer. You took hold of the four horns of the altar in prayer for breakthrough. How many know that altars are places of breakthrough? Altars bring open heavens. Come on. Hang on, I'm bringing this full circle. How many know that God is worshiped? Jehovah God is worshiped when we build altars. Supernatural transactions happen. Come on. Burdens are lifted. And I will add territories are set free. This tangible item of this altar represents agreement with God. It has been said that the Jewish sages, the Jewish sages view <clears throat> the four horns of the altar as symbolizing, get this, the four corners of the earth. In Hebraic thought, <clears throat> the earth, they, they say, in their thought, is nothing more than a large altar that's dedicated to Elohim, to creator God. The earth is nothing more than a large altar that is dedicated to creator God. This, my friends, is why Satan wants territories. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. And everyone that is in it belongs to the Lord. Are you with me? This is why he feverishly fights <clears throat> for your home, for your neighborhood, for our cities, for our nation. The United States of America has been under attack. We are the greatest nation in the world. Now, some think we're very arrogant because we say that, but yet everything we do sets the pace for every other nation in the world. And there's a reason before that, because this nation is blessed by God Almighty. This nation was founded on the principles of the Word of God. Are you hearing me? And I say it is time for the church to answer in this nation the Macedonian call to intercession. I'm not saying not any has not been praying. That's not my accusation today. But I'm just saying time is getting short. We've got to stop playing our games in the church. We've got to stop. We've got to stop. Come on. We've got to stop. And we've got to get serious. It's we've got to get ourselves out of the way. Come on. Get ourselves out of the way. Grab hold of the horns of the altar that represents the four corners of this nation and even the nations of the earth. And say, God, in your mercy, come down and save and heal our land. With this thought in mind, I want to go back to my original scriptures and I do close with this. Let's go back to Bethel. He was the God of Bethel. Surely God is in this place. Surely God is in this place. We see it first in Genesis 12 with Abram. He proceeded from there to a mountain to the east of Bethel. 
He pinched his, he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there, what did he do? He built an altar. He came into agreement and he called on the name of the Lord. Genesis 13, this is Abram again. He went on his journey from Negev as far as where? Bethel. To the place where his tent had been at the beginning between where? Bethel and Ai. To the place of what? The altar, the place of agreement, which he had made there previously. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. I'll also say that there God showed Abram, come on somebody, the vastness of what he wanted to do with his life. You fast forward to Genesis chapter 28, and it's Jacob now, two generations later, grandson here, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob departed from Beersheba, and he went toward Haran. And he happened, watch y'all, upon a particular place. The Bible says specifically he happened upon a particular place. Hear me now, those of us alive in 2021. If you and I will understand the importance to answer the Macedonian call to intercession, if we can come into agreement at a place, let me just make it personal. If we can come into agreement in Peoria, Arizona, God will make sure that our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren and our great-great-grandchildren find the place where we came into agreement with God. Are you getting the picture? Oh, you need to rejoice right now because every prayer that you have prayed oh we have a promise that God you know you tell your prodigal oh you're gonna find your way to Bethel you're gonna find your way to Bethel you're gonna find your way because grandpa was there great grandpa was there and they prayed the prayer of agreement mamas daddies whether you're young or old in this room don't ever think that a prayer that you pray goes unnoticed it may not happen in your lifetime but even when you pass over to glory oh the agreement that you have made at that place God says I'll make sure that your grandson finds it somebody needs to shout because God's looking out for the generations yes so Jacob spent the night there and his son sat and he took a stone and he made it a pillar for his head and he laid down in that place and he had a dream. And it was a ladder in the dream and that ladder was set up, the, went to the earth, set up on the earth and its top was reaching into the heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on this ladder. And then behold, the Lord was standing above it. And he said, I am the Lord and the God of your father Abraham, the God of Isaac, Look at the words, the land, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your descendants. Jacob woke up <laughs> and he said, surely the Lord is in this place. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. And I didn't know it. He said, how awesome is this place? This is the house of God. And he said, this is a gate of heaven. This is an entry point. This is where God touches and kisses earth and we can reach up into heaven. This place called Bethel. Because he got up and he took a stone 
took a stone and that stone was a touching point. Are you hearing me? Was a touching point, a representative of the agreement that he had made with God. And he set it up as a memorial stone and he poured oil and he named that place Bethel. And you go to chapter 35. And this is after Jacob had to go away and find a wife for himself, wives for himself. And the Lord tells him to go back to Bethel. Are you hearing me, fresh star? And dwell there. And the Lord said, make an altar. I need you, Jacob, to make a place of agreement. God needs us, fresh start revival, to persevere in intercession and in worship. Because he must, if revival is going to be true and pure, he must have consistent agreement. Not what we do with it. Come on. Agreement with what he wants done. And he said, Jacob went there and he came to Bethel. Bethel is in the land of Canaan, y'all. Look at me. I'm winding this up. You go throughout the entire word of God. From the beginning in the whole book of Exodus was about getting God's people to a land, to a territory. You go all the way to Revelation, and it's talking about a land. Beulah land. Come on, somebody. Any old-timers that know the song? Okay, we don't have any. We have one. It's talking about a land. It's talking about heaven. It's talking about a territory. Heaven's not going to be clouds that we float around on. Come on. Heaven's going to be a territory. Are you getting this today? And the Lord says, you're training now for what I need you to operate in throughout eternity. Canaan land, Beulah land, and every territory between Canaan and Beulah, Jesus says, I need you to occupy, take the gate of that land. So Jacob is in Canaan at Bethel, and he built an altar, a place of agreement, and he called it El Bethel, God of Bethel, because there God had appeared to him. These scriptures confirm to us the significance of coming into agreement at the gate of territories. Watch what I'm about to show you. Both Abraham and Jacob found Bethel. God was not only making a lineage significant, he was making a place significant, a territory, a city. In this place, they both had God encounters that shaped their perceptions and their lives. And it was at Bethel that they both built places of agreement, altars that came into agreement in worshiping the Lord. God was marking a place so he could mark people at the place. Bethel shows us the potential of what can happen at the gate of every territory.
Jacob named the place Bethel, maybe not even realizing that his grandfather had encountered God and built an altar there. But whatever the reason, both of them experienced an open heaven. Please realize that the territorial battle we fight today is much bigger than what we are. Come on. It's bigger than a sacrifice to come to pray America. Come on, somebody. I hit that hard last week, so I'll give you a break this week. But I'll just say it baffles me how we jump over the prayer meeting because I want to come to the popular preacher meeting. I want to get in the fire tunnel and in the healing line. Come on. Come on. This is bigger than us. We must allow the Holy Spirit to reveal the capacity of what is created when we pray in a place and when we answer with building an altar in that place, a place of agreement with God. It's far greater than our lifespan, what we're doing here. It's far greater. Some of you are very young in this room. Some of you are older in this room. It's far greater than our lifespan, what we have been doing. For such a time as this, God needs people to rise up, building places of agreement, altars of agreement, calling territories. You are the God of Bethel. Surely he is in this place. Now watch this. Bethel was located. Bethel became a gate city because someone had built an altar of agreement. It was located 11 miles north of Jerusalem. 11 is the number of transition. You will remember several moments ago when I read to you out of Proverbs Wisdom cries out at the place where the pathways merge. Oh, you're not getting it. Wisdom cries out at the place where pathways merge. Bethel was located 11 miles. 11 is the number of transition. Positionally, geographically, Bethel was the place that you had to pass through. You had to pass through Bethel. Are you hearing me? You had to pass through Bethel to get to Jerusalem, going, coming, going, coming, going, coming. Bethel was a foremost city in the Bible. Only Jerusalem is mentioned more than Bethel in the Old Testament. It was both the city and the site and the territory of a major sanctuary for Israel. Bethel stood at the crossroads. What did I tell you several moments ago? That demons know that that crossroads are important because they are typically gateways. Bethel was at the crossroads. I don't think it's an accident that Bethel was the location that God chose to take Abraham to and to take Jacob to. Are you with me? Come on. What happens when some intercessors and when some people that don't care about their agenda and don't care about their life. What happens when they obey the voice of God? Let me tell you what happened at Bethel. Bethel became one of the main worship centers of Israel. The Ark of the Covenant was at Bethel for a time. People went there to seek God during times of trouble. Deborah, the judge and the prophetess would would sit in between Bethel and, and, and another city and judge Israel from that place. Temples were established at Bethel. God sent prophets to preach at Bethel. Elijah and Elisha encountered the prophets at Bethel. Bethel was the home for the priests. Are you seeing what I'm saying here? King Josiah rose up and destroyed the high 
places that have been allowed to be built at Bethel and once again restored the altar to Jehovah God at Bethel. And I close with this today and worship team, hurry and come. Two men came to a place and built an altar of agreement declaring that Elohim was God of that place. He was God of Bethel. God revealed himself not only as their personal God, but he revealed himself as a territorial God, the God of Bethel. And I'll say it one more time, what I've already said. May our voices of intercession at Fresh Start Church that God has mantled this house in governmental intercession. May we stand at the gates of territories in year number seven of sustained revival and decree and declare that God Almighty is Lord of Washington, D.C. That he is the God of Phoenix, Arizona. He is the God of Dallas, Texas. He is the God of New York City. He is the God of the territories. And we build an altar of worship in this place. And we pronounce from the north and the south and the east and the west that this is an access point for heaven. And we decree that the Lord is in this place. And I prophesy and I speak by faith that ABC and NBC and CNN and Fox News is going to be have to report. They will be forced to report that the Lord has visited Peoria, Arizona. They will have to report that miracles are happening in the Gateway City. That miracles are manifesting. Oh, they can't lie. Their mouths are going to be shut when they start to twist the story because the miracles will be undeniable. Thank you for listening in to the Fresh Start Church podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. You can order Pastor Kim's book, Doorkeepers of Revival, at doorkeepersofrevival.com. And you can listen to Fresh Start Revival Worship on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you stream your music. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.